This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Yeah. He know what he be talking about, talking Mike about. and Charles, Charles. They know what they be talking about, yeah. talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a loss. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Sam, can you uh, push your camera up a little bit? Yep. You live. Good. This is Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Welcome to episode 324 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBC sports. From institutions large and small, from the NIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics, facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Nyadika along with my co-host, Mike Washington. Charles Bishop will be on with us in the second segment as he's flying back from Jackson, but we have none other than Joshua Sims Sr. B.J. Jones was not able to join us today. He was traveling, but I'm not sure some other things are on his mind, so I certainly understand that. Those things happen. We are filming from our home studios and in this case, our home is an RV. We're in RV Park at Prairie View and m University uh, for 2022 homecoming as it's coming to a close. Victorious. Well, we're nervous. First half, I must say, I can't act like uh, I was up in the suite talking like uh, everything is falling our way. What are you doing? <laughs> well, we'll get into that a little more in the second half of the show. I would be remiss if we didn't take a moment of silence and seriousness. We laugh and joke because we love one another as a brotherhood of those that are in the media that specifically uh, take out time to cover HBC programs. Um, and those programs, obviously, we could cover any and all sports if we need it. And we touch and doubt on it when the opportunity presents itself. But we're dedicated mostly to HBCU 
sports programs. So you say, why this moment of silence? It is for Mr. Eric Moore. Uh, many of you all uh, happen at some point, if you're involved with HBCU sports, have come across him, and if not him personally, certainly his work. Many of us refer to him as the grandfather of HBCU uh, websites, media, if you would, and those kind of things in regards to specifically this new era, which seems like a long time ago when you talk about 20-some years ago when the blog space came in. Uh, he was the first in the business to do it in terms of his Anadon, O-N-N-I-D-A-N, as he named for his mother and father uh, in terms of the Ani and Dan, Dan in regards to that. But we have tragically heard that uh, Mr. Eric Moore has transitioned uh, to the other side. So with that, please take a moment of silence. With that moment, um, anybody wanted to add to that? Uh, I will give that to anybody that wants to do that. Drew, did you want to add anything? Yeah, I'll go first. Had a chance to. It's kind of uh, ironic. I don't know if that's the proper word to use, but on the day in which HBCU sports may have hit its a pinnacle with ESPN College Game Day going to Jackson, Mississippi, uh, on the same day that Mr. Eric Moore tragically uh, passed away, and he, he he's been uh, having some health challenges for the last uh, couple of years, but uh, it, it's just kind of I went from this high of seeing that uh, you know, well, College Game Day, the one of one of the biggest platforms that you can have for HBCU athletics, and then later on that day you find out the like you said the grandfather. The first in this modern media age, yeah, we can go back to the Pittsburgh Curry and things like that, but one of the first in this modern media age to do this and to do it well uh, passed away. And we, the Black College Sports Network owes its existence to Mr. Eric Moore as uh, he allowed the Black College Sports Network to use his platforms. In fact, when Roy had the idea in the late 90s to begin the black college sports network so and roy is going to be uh, putting out a statement a little bit later on today that we'll uh that we'll read tonight on the bcsn sports wrap with brian and myself so uh just wanted to throw that out there to everyone uh if you uh, you, you you may understand it as a fan but haven't been on the other side going from a fan to being on the other side of this i really don't uh most people really don't understand the significance of Mr. Moore's passing. Yes, certainly. That's why we wanted to make sure we took time and paid homage to him. I would be remiss if I didn't at least give you all a uh, mic an opportunity if you want to yeah. say it. And Joshua Sims, you as well. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so, thank <clears throat> uh, you. Um, beautiful words. I know it more from the sports side. As I remember the late, you know, the early 2000s, you know, when I first really became interested in doing this and mentioned it to Dr. Neil, I saw these sports blogs. I was like, this is cool. This is great feedback. This is what we needed. And then it just developed and matriculated over there into to Onadon. And then um, I was like, wow. And I think you put it, quite frankly, how, you know, fitting that on this day, you had game day at Jackson State. You had last week, Good Morning America at FAMU. 
Then you had Good Morning America uh, here at Jackson State as well earlier this past week. You know, this is the platform that he foresaw years ago. So I just, you know, tip my hat as an officer, as some, you know, someone who has paved the way, you know, set those footsteps in order that this industry could go to the point of where it is before. You know, I don't know if Michael Strahan or Stephen A. Smith would know that, but, you know, the stuff that they're covering is stuff that was the forethought of Mr. Moore years ago. Well said. Joshua Sims, final thoughts. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, I commend my um, – I try to represent myself in a manner where I, I like to go and do history before I get into doing anything. Uh, one of the things that has been a benefit uh, to me now that I've stepped into the media side is I get the chance to be amongst the generals of this game. I get a chance to kind of sit at the feet of, the, of those who have really kind of made this thing what it is today. And um, and before I get to the generals, the people I call the generals, Dr. Cavills, Mike Wash, Sadie Drew, these are guys who I get a chance to learn from. I get a chance, I had an opportunity to sit back and really learn the impact that the grand general, um, that is Mr. Moore, the, the, the gentleman who really set the platform. And it, it's a under it's not even an understatement to say that he's the grandfather of this digital sports um approach to HBCU athletics. My first learning. Uh, about about really really getting ingratiated at HBCU sports came by way of two people, um, Dr. Cavill and Mr. Moore. And um, you know, as I came into the new age of understanding sports, HBCU sports media, um, it, it really started with my engagement with Anadon. And, and while I was you know matriculating as a young freshman at North Carolina Central, uh, I had the great opportunity for Coach Rising to really take time to really talk to us about. Uh, those great generals, those great grandfathers, those those great men and women who kind of set the platform for us to be able to get the attention and um, look at yesterday. And so it has to be said that this this great man's vision of where we could go as a collective unit um, and, and his ability to kind of get that started in the new age perspective um, came to literally uh, really, really came to a new age yesterday. And so it was almost fitting, uh, befitting that. Uh, it almost felt like a grand send off for him yesterday uh, by all of the attention that is surrounded around HBCU athletics coming to the head that it did yesterday uh, and really it really ushering in a new new era of that. But it was all started by this gentleman. So um, my, my condolences goes to his family. My family sends his condolences to him as well. And, and we absolutely, truly are appreciative of the work that that gentleman put in for for all of us, uh, especially in the media. Man, well said. We appreciate the words you say about us in terms of the general. Uh, but it's cool that you said general, and we have more positive news in terms of uh, first, uh, Antoinette Gant, uh, who's a classmate of mine, literally took uh, classes with her and became the first uh, African-American black uh, female general uh, in several firsts. And she got, and she decided uh, which was so poignant to actually have an installment here at Prairie View wow. campus and was doing homecoming. So that was uh, amazing. Yeah. And yeah. as a military guy right here, uh, both of them beside me in terms of uh, Mike, I'll let you have some words uh, and, and say that Raymond is here, uh, as he always do, does on the backside, providing us all the support. And so I wanted to acknowledge him too. 
how proud he is of seeing that moment in terms of what he's done at Prairie View, creating another first. Go ahead and add some comments on that. Yeah, <clears throat> I was in uh, Tony and I were not only classmates, but we were cadet mates. Wow. So we, we both attended our officer evaluation training the same year, 1992. Wow. Uh, we knew she was destined for greatness, but we used to cut up out in the field. We're supposed to be camping on a mission. We're cutting up. So there's lots of stories I could tell. But when she, you know, you know, became general, it wasn't just something for her. We said, that's something for all of us. We're sharing this with you. Not only for you, but black officers. Because I know the pain, the challenges that she went through as a black female. She had so many firsts, not as a black female, but as a black female engineering officer. Uh, and it's just, uh, she's over pretty much a third of the world in terms of her command. And that's saying something. See, when you have folks flying down from the Pentagon in D.C. to a little HBCU outside of Houston, Texas, that, that's big. That speaks volumes. So yeah, we're, we're very proud of her, but just wanted to share that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure all HBCUs, those particular connected with the military, those experience, things like that, uh, seem to make it above and beyond in terms of what they had experienced. And we thank you all for your service, no matter how we see uh, that component of it. So I wanted to do a little positive side of that and connect that. We'll get a chance to talk a little bit more. Um, but before we do that, I think we got about three minutes. So let's go ahead and play the video uh, that we talked about uh, with Stephen A. Smith as he was the guest picker, selector, whatever way you want to do that. Um, and he brought it like he was preaching since it's Sunday. I think it's appropriate that we take out a little time and let the preacher go to work <laughs> in regards to <laughs> in terms of making y'all before y'all go to church, y'all be a little church for the appreciate you. Go ahead, Adrian Drew, when you're ready, let's uh, play it down. <laughs> What happened with Jackson, Mississippi, and we got to win. Who wins the game, Jackson State or Southern? This is a heated rivalry. Last year when these two teams played, after the game was over, there was a fist fight. They do not like mm. each other, but Shadur Sanders is going to be the difference. You've got to be patient because they're going to rush three and drop eight. But I got Jackson State first. Yeah. You know. Sanders obviously gets a lot of attention, and he should, but Bishon McCray, the quarterback on the other side, has been outstanding. This is an offense, by the way, from Southern, 39 points a game. This has a feel of potentially a shootout type of game, but we're here to celebrate what Jackson State's been doing with Dion. I'm going with Jackson State. Okay. When I heard that Stephen A. Smith was going to be the guest picker. Oh, yeah, yeah. I pontificated profusely about <laughs> what I was going to wear. I put a tie on on this Halloween weekend to show respect for Stephen A and everything he does on the day-to-day -day in the suit on TV. So. Last night, I got to eat a little Johnny T's. I went to the boombox Battle of the Bands last night, and it was the most electrifying thing I have ever been a part of. You walk around campus, and they say, Fired up, Jay State. Fired up. <laughs> you talk about Coach Prime. Coach Prime says this is a moment. I need a moment. The moment ends with that song being chanted all evening. Give me Jackson State like they won the battle of the bands last night. 
It's really very simple. It's really very simple. I didn't fly down here this morning to watch my brother Primetime lose a game. Jackson State went eight consecutive years losing to Southern before they broke that streak last year, and they beat them. They going to do it again. Jackson State big time. Today, they take them out. That's why I'm here. Jackson, great thanks to Stephen A. Smith. Thanks for coming. Week four show, hoping he gets well, is ready with us next week. We always miss him. Thank you for watching ESPN. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Press the analytic data with your hip-hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they want a lot left And who the ball So listen to Professor Yes sir yes, And pay attention boy. Cause he gon' teach a lesson Good morning, This is Dr. Bill Inside the HBC Sports Lab Mike Watch Charles Bishop has joined us As he is fresh He did right on point Right on brand 
Seeing you recognize he came in with the Tiger Red. So, like a championship statement he's trying to make versus the Tiger Red. As prayer of you guys, as well as Texas Southern, we thank you. We thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Texas Southern has a little bit of ownership of themselves because they took care of Southern themselves. So, yeah. I guess for every folks can thank Texas Southern. Thank, thank Texas Southern. Thank well, Grambling. Dr. Well, <laughs> I, I I missed the first segment, but I, I wanted to rebrand. Uh, you know, Sunday show as as uh, give a hug Sunday. Uh, I think we got some hugs to give out uh, for a, a few programs today. So I, I'm sending love. I'm sending love out to a few programs. I'm sure we'll get into it at some point. Yeah, hey. red is for love. Exactly. Hey, for that other purple and gold, you need to do a wellness check on all on all those on the reservations. Y'all need to. Go. Y'all need you know you need to you know how when you go on Facebook and say I'm okay I'm fine <laughs> do that for some of those people off the reservation that's all I'm talking yes. about. Oh, <laughs> we, we gotta hand out some hugs today. <laughs> Joshua, mm. tell us what are your thoughts? What was what was some of the biggest things that I think I know one of? Man, listen, man, the MEAC is like. Uh, I don't even know the words to describe. Miakish. Miakish is just, the word. It's yeah, it's just skittish. It's miakish. It's just, <laughs> dog. What in the world, dog? You know what I mean, and then it don't get no easier this week. It gets even crazier this week. Howard is at the top of the conference. Dog. Howard is at the top of the conference. Howard is at the top of the conference. Wow. Can you imagine Howard Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl, everybody? And, and, and Dr. Cavill, you know this. I ain't got a blessed, positive word to say about Howard from a football perspective. But they at the top of the darn conference. First place Howard is in the building. Oh, wow. Uh, I agree with your great points. AD Drew, anything on your mind? Uh, what was some of the biggest shocks or statements you saw yesterday? Never did I think about wild wildest dreams, and I'm gonna follow up on Josh. That what I think I would be saying come November, we may be talking about Howard, the Howard Bison, as the first team to potentially play in the BX Whack Challenge and the Celebration Bowl in the Ooh. same season. Never, Never in my in my wildest dream. Yeah. Number two, number two. Uh, you know, last week we were talking about three teams possibly get into the Super Region 2 playoffs in D2. It's a reality. Little did we know that those three teams that we talked about last week may not be the three teams with the opportunity to get in after what happened <laughs> on yesterday. And I'll put this out there and I'm going to break it down later on for you when, uh, when we had the BCSN Sports Wrap this evening. There's a distinct chance we have may have gone from having three, possibly four teams get into the wow. playoffs. May only get one if if things don't go right for our HBCUs. Mm. Hey, Great for everybody, for point. everybody watching, we have deemed that yesterday was all AD Drew's fault. So if your team <laughs> had a day yesterday, it's all AD Drew's fault. Hey, no, wait, but yeah, tell them where they came from, Josh. We had a Twitter spaces and. 82 just laid it all out, all the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about it happening. He's like, hey, get out of here. Here we are Sunday morning saying, oh, man, we bow down to the guru. I D2 wish I could have took that to that lottery ticket. Up there, AD Drew get
Let me go to you, Mike. Any thoughts in terms of what took place yesterday? Man, I'm going to harp on that, that uh, MEAC. I don't know MEAC, but I'm hard on Howard, folks. They knew it. <laughs> Never in a million years did I expect to see Howard in the Celebration Bowl. It's, it's, it, it, it could change. It's got a week or two. But, man, Howard? Let me talking Howard? Mike. Yeah, they got BET commercials and videos, but... Howard? Mike, that's how I'm feeling. And Mike, guess what? They roll up into 1801 Fayetteville Street this week, and it's homecoming, oh, y'all. And it's homecoming, yeah. y'all. And it's homecoming, y'all. Oh, Lord oh, have mercy. Man. Oh, no. Oh. You better be glad it's not Halloween anymore. That might help a little bit. Yeah. As it turns to November, maybe that's the difference. And, and, and Morgan State is not that they won. It's how they won. Whoop. <laughs> Six turnovers. That's a, that's why I'm that's why I'm giving a hug out to to to, to some programs and I got two breeds of bulldogs to give hugs to. I got a, 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 a South Carolina breed and I got an Alabama breed. I, I, I was perplexed uh, when I saw these stories yesterday. Not a great day to be a bulldog. Yeah, oh. SAT word frequently. <laughs> Man, good stuff. Let's get into some of these matchups. HBCU Mid-Major Classic Game of the Week matchup was another one of those stunners for at least some of us. Savannah State Tigers defeats Fort Valley Wildcats. Savannah State improves to 4-5, 3-4 and four in the conference race, while Fort Valley slides to 7-2 overall and 4-2 in the conference race. 28-24 was the score's close one. Uh, any statement on that for you, Charles, in terms of either the shock of the score or just what went in the contest? Yeah, I mean, it was a shock of the score. I mean, I, I I thought, you know, for the most part, Fort Valley was doing a great job this season. And they had that little slip up a little earlier. But to, to lose to Savannah State, uh, that was another score that amongst <laughs> all the other scores that jumped out at me. Like, wow, Savannah State knocked off Fort Valley. I didn't see that coming. but And I probably, you know, going into that game, I'm sure I had Fort Valley picked to win. So that was another stunner that just caught me off guard. Yeah, it was one of those games that kind of went back and forth. It was nipping and tucked the whole way. A uh, couple of key plays, big plays by Savannah State, and they find a way to get it done. Uh, with that said, let me go back over here to this other matchup, and I'll take care of this. I kind of put this out there, hoping against hope, uh, as Lincoln, Missouri Tigers were 0-8 on the season. Well, unfortunately, they didn't get the win, um, and they fall to 0-9. Uh, Central Missouri had to win, so I was like, this is a chance. No, nope, not so fast. Three and six overall for Central Missouri Mules as they up, if you will, wallop uh, Lincoln, Missouri Tigers 61 to 14. So it's not much to really say about that, so move forward. Let me go to you, Josh Bacins, and get your thoughts on this major upset in most people's eyes. I did talk about it last week. I said this is one that you need to keep your eyes on. If Shawan gets it done, this team that is top 15, D2 National, number one, so we'll see if this does to the power rankings. Benedict out there is like, hey, we want that spot, and they might get it now with this loss. That Shawan Hawks improved to 6-3, and three, but what you want to hear is they're 6-1 and one in the CIAA North Conference, and they defeat the number one Virginia Union Panthers, which fall to 8-1 and 6-1 and one in the conference, so – if both win next week, head-to-head tiebreaker goes Shawan. Shawan is playing for the CIAA championship in the North Division. Close game, 26-21. to 
in that contest, I do think it's uh, important that Byers does set the new single season rushing mark uh, as he gets that done in that matchup. Josh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Shawan has um, the last three weeks uh, really been the the culprit of just some crazy victories. Man, it started a couple weeks ago against Virginia State <laughs> and a shootout for that what they was calling their homecoming. They end up beating Virginia State forty three to forty. Then they come back the next week and they beat the perennial pa- CIAA powers that has been Bowie State. 21 to 15. And you absolutely did. Both you, Drew, and everybody said, pay attention to this game. This team has been warming up. They have been heating up the last two weeks, and ain't nobody been paying no attention to it. They essentially took Virginia State out of contention a couple weeks ago. They took Bowie State out of contention a week week before that. And then, boom, here it is. Yesterday, they dropped that bomb, and they beat Virginia Union. The team that we all, Chuck, look, man, it, it astonished me too. Listen, and one of my college teammates is the linebacker coach there, Coach Brian Frierson. He was, he was, he's one of my college teammates, and he told me, he said, "Crow, dog, we gonna end up beating these dudes." And the, and he texted me last night and said, "Thank you, Dr. Cavill, and everybody else on ACC <laughs> for the motivation." I played it back to the players. But Virginia Union, you know, there's a small chance that they still get there. But the big question for me is, how does this lay out as it pertains to the Division II playoffs? Does Virginia Union get in that large bit with one loss to Chuan, who will pop, in my opinion, I think they're the the favorite to win the CIAA championship. They'll go against Fayetteville State, all things being considered. But does that affect Virginia Virginia Union's chances? I know that's something we're going to talk about as as we get a little closer to the CIAA championship, but, man, you got to say that was a heartbreaker yesterday. Lady Drew, I know we'll give you a chance, and you'll jump a lot of the jewels tonight, so we're going to spoil it for your listeners, and we'll make sure they turn into Ryan and AD as they do uh, their show Sports Wrap on Sunday evening, and they'll take a deep dive and give you all the breakdowns. So make sure you tune into that. If you can't see it live, you can see it on demand on YouTube by JVN. With that being said, let's go to the other uh, Division II camp out there, out of the SIEC in Frankfort, Kentucky. This was pretty much for the West Division of the SIEC, and it came down to a top-10 matchup. As number seven, Tuskegee Golden Tigers improved the 7-2, 6-0, defeat number 10, Kentucky State Thoroughbreds, that fall to 4-5 and 3-2. And uh, they got it done, and they kind of picked the part <coughs> as they've been doing, and didn't really give them much of a chance at home. Cried the crowd, got it down as the Golden Tigers rolled twenty-eight to seven. Eighty Drew, how you? What are your thoughts on this? You kind of hinted about this and told us that Golden Tigers were slowly doing what they were supposed to do in a different fashion, but they were getting it done. This is their seventh win in a row, uh, including one non-conference game that is when they picked up victory number seven hundred for Tuskegee, and since then. They seem like to be back to the old uh, Tuskegee Golden Tigers that we remember just chopping off heads and rolling and taking numbers as a Division II opponent over the uh, couple of decades ago. What are your thoughts in terms of this particular game? Hey, uh, Tuskegee, first, probably the first game since they defeated West Alabama where their defense actually won the game. The other games they've been winning in, essentially in, in shootouts. Now, Tuskegee, 
Kentucky State got 171 yards on the ground. But that seems good to most people, except when you're a Tuskegee team and you held it to 40 yards under their average. So that was the difference. In, that was the main difference in the game. They were able to control that Kentucky State running game as they held it to under 56 yards uh, passing. And does everybody remember? Uh, I think I talked about this on HBCU Nightly. What did I say the magic number was as far as pass attempts for Kentucky State? If Kentucky State has to throw over 10 passes, mm. they will lose the game. Well, Kentucky State was 7 of 16 was one INT. So oh. they were over they were over that 10 pass uh threshold because they were they trailing in the game and that and that defense was was allowed to sit back and, and stay on those wide receivers who are not the best. Great comments on the mid-major. Let's jump in. We'll take this break and we'll get back into the major divisions and get a little more thought in terms of what's out there. Stick with us, we'll be right back after this break. And I Alabama State to to face Howard. It'll be interesting to see how the fan mix works. You know how Howard's fan base uh, responds because has Howard been in a swack meag challenge? So I thought it was initially kind of good to introduce the northeast part of the the meag to the swack. Yeah, I, Howard claims to have a homecoming. They claim to have. Kind of a tailgate. I want to see what that looked like. Can they travel to Atlanta? <laughs> I just want to say, I haven't seen much of a Howard. I've been to a Howard homecoming. I've been to a Howard tailgate. I'm sorry, Howard fans. Let me let me repeat. It's nothing to brag on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a one-day Aspire or BET video. That is it. So good, <laughs> but good for you. But I, I think that event you need to bring a little bit more to the fire. So, man, all them Howard fans out there—they <laughs> got they got beat up when they dealing with the HU. Mike was like, "Not so fast <laughs> with the homecoming." Hey, all that swack arrogance just came out in that one statement. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern for Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Course, lecture, dismissed. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. <laughs> 
Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's like a loop machine. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they want a lot of that, and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir, yes, and pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville inside at the Prairie A&M Homecoming is coming to a close. Uh, we're here in the RV shooting the show to make sure you get your Sony money love. Uh, we started out taking you to church and then <laughs> taking you to college. <laughs> <laughs> said, okay, join the These folks are acting up today. It was a wild Saturday. So I guess it should be a wild Sunday. <laughs> that means to the major division as we get one of those games. Uh, that was could have been interesting. It certainly was much interesting in terms of the score of the game. But number seven, Alabama State, comes from behind uh, to get it done. The Alabama State Hornets improved to five and three, three and two, and defeats Alabama A&M Bulldogs that were looking to stay in the mix with Jackson State. They could not get it. The Bulldogs fall to three and five, three and two, 24 to 17. Another classic game in Birmingham, Legion Field. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Man, it looks like. <clears throat> Alabama, the Bulldogs were held at bay. I mean, when you go two for a million on third down, mm. Alabama State's defense kind of held them at bay. 2.1 yards for us uh, just wasn't a good day. And then you, you look at the, the passing attempts, uh, it was horrendous. So, you know, all day, it, was, it looked like to be a, a defensive battle, but it looked like uh, Alabama State kind of pulled it out in the end. Yeah, you're talking about they went into halftime, Alabama and the Bulldogs 14-3, feeling, feeling good. But they allowed Alabama State to score 21 points and then got a big stop uh, late in that fourth quarter that sealed the win instead of at least maybe having a tie or a chance to go for two. As you talked about stats, big thing in that game was Ethan. Uh, many people said the Bulldogs get the win, they were going to have to rush, and they held him to 68 yards on 21 carries. So that tells mm. you a lot about that matchup. Let's go into this next one, if you would, in terms of going to Greensboro, North Carolina, a truest stadium. Uh, talking about a team coming from behind, this time it was the Aggies, and they get it done in a lot of ways. Number six, North Carolina a and State Aggies. Uh, seem like they're taking, to some degree, control of the Big South, or at least what many people thought was the championship game for the Big South, but we'll see how that goes. Campbell Campbell's fall to four and four. Two and one, 45 to 38. Uh, all those points were needed to be scored for mm. homecoming. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like in that matchup. Charles, you want a little bit of this? Yeah, um, you know, uh, let me say this. Thank you. Uh, or Aggie fans, you should say thank you, you know, for for Jackson State softening up Campbell for you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I love teasing my Aggie fans because they go they go come at me in my inbox. So. <laughs> uh, strong win for a and uh, getting this win over Campbell. That's a tough team that runs the football. Great big offensive line, but to come back and get the W, uh, hats off to a and But again, I do. I will say you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then you had the big quarter by A&T coming out of halftime, uh, which really changed the reflection of the game as they put up 20 and shut out uh, the Camels, fighting Camels that would be. And then they closed strong with 15 points uh, to seven in their last quarter, winning 45 to 38 on some strong drives when it was going back and forth. You had a being able to drive the length of the field and get it in the end zone. The state <coughs> played there, I thought, in a lot of ways, credit to – uh, Fowler, who was 12 of 21, 233 yards, two touchdowns, did have an interception. And then two that we all talked about, 30 carries, 256 yards and two touchdowns. Give you some of the data in terms of what he was able to do to rush that rock against uh, the Camels in a lot of ways, the difference that game. The fact that they had the ability to stick with the run, credit to the coaching staff because you get down like that, sometimes you want to change your game, but they found a way to get it done and get the rushing in there. So great points you made there, Charles, in terms of, uh, softening them up, as you said. That means, <laughs> that is, the next one, we'll stick with you a little bit, and we'll go to the other independent uh, that didn't have the same type of luck. If they went on the road to a team previously that uh, was uh, winless, yeah, in terms of increase and got the win, uh, nineteen to three, and held them to only a field goal. The Tennessee Tigers fall to three and five, two and one. The emerged state races improved to one and eight and one and three in the conference. Big blow to those fans that thought Tennessee State was turning around. Not so fast, Charles. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, this is a huge blow. This is a bad loss. Uh, this is a Murray State team that had not won a game. And this was a game I was really looking for Tennessee State to get to 500. And uh, slowly wanted to, you know, watch kind of the transformation of this program uh, under uh, Eddie George Tudelish uh, to get to 500. I thought that was going to be huge uh, in regards to the Tennessee State program. And I thought the game was set up perfect. Uh, when you talk about uh, the offensive output of, of Jalen Ross and Bob Starlin, you know, that one uh, that Tennessee State has with regards to their running game, but it was actually Murray State's running game that took over this. 194 yards. So when I saw the score – the first thing that jumped out at me is like, okay, there has to be some sort of play that turns it around, whatever case. I, I did see that it was an interception, but it was just like old-fashioned slugfest is what it looked like. Uh, and I, and slugfest, I would expect for Tennessee State to be right in the thick of things with regards to slugfest, but it didn't turn out that way. Defense wasn't able to hold up, and they let Murray State run over them. I was very Great surprised. Points. Yeah, the fact that Rouse only had 84 yards on 14 carries does not bode well for what Tennessee State wants to do. Ellis? I did put up 20 30 yards, 20 34. That's a lot of throws that you would rather see him not doing it. And it means uh, he has a chance, and he did that with one interception. But they could not manufacture points and get in the end zone running or passing the ball. So that's there's, something, there's something also about the efficiency. Typically, you go into a game, you say, you know, you know, eight penalties, and that's a bad game. Since he stayed at 13 um, wow. penalties for 90 yards. So that, 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 you, you move that bar over a little bit. So in a bit, in addition to ability to really move the ball, they were inefficient as well. Great mm-hmm. points there. Let's go to you, uh, Joshua Sims, to this Dover, Delaware, another one of those homecoming games, Alumni Stadium, and North Carolina Central gets it done. It was a tight one. 6-2-21 defeat, number nine, Delaware State Hornets that fall to 4-4-1-2. 4-4, was a top 10 matchup. Both of these teams had one conference loss and could not afford the next one. And they played like incredible. Credit to Eagles. This week, 
they go down the field and they finish it this time. Joshua Sims, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Yeah, Doc, I mean, before before I get into that game with Dell State in North Carolina Central, man, I'm going to just take a quick second just to kind of touch on the other game that happened, the other big game that happened inside the conference yesterday with South Carolina State and Morgan State and how that balanced, I mean, really just balanced the pendulum that is the conference. And some would say because of South Carolina State getting to the Celebration Bowl last year that this was an upset. But honestly, if you watch that game, man, they got dominated from start to finish yesterday. Six turnovers yesterday. South Carolina State, Shaq Davis could not get going yesterday. I mean, those DBs, those young big DBs that Morgan State has, they have the biggest DBs in the conference. Those young, feisty, hungry DBs were putting hands on Shaq Davis, a Shaq all day yesterday, and it caused him some problems. He had two fumbles yesterday. The uh, you know, they still haven't figured out the quarterback position. You thought that Corey Fields was coming into a stride. Uh, by playing uh, North Carolina Central last week, I'm not so fast, my friend. So, you know, they, they have a lot of things they got to figure out down in Orangeburg. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it finishes up for them down the stride. But to, uh, to the game yesterday up at an alumni stadium up in Dover, Delaware, listen, uh, Doc, you know, as much as I would love to take the compliment that we uh, finally got it done and finished it up on the last drive, we made it super complicated to drive before. For the second week in a row, you're down by one to two points inside the 10, and you throw the ball and throw an interception in the end zone again. Credit to our defense. Thank God for this defense. They go, they get a stop. We get the ball back with three minutes left. EJ Hicks, who ended up being winning the game for us, has a great punt return. I'm sorry, Brandon Codrington has a great punt return, puts us on the 40-yard line to start the last drive of the, of the game. And God be more love me. We finally finish a game. We finally finish a game. EJ Hicks catches a pass right on the, uh, on the opposite side, sideline. Makes a couple guys miss tiptoes on the sideline and goes in to win the game for us and, and really what will, will be the go-ahead game. But Doc, even after that, we let it be freaking interesting. The kickoff. <laughs> we kick the ball off, get a penalty, put them on the 43-yard line, our 43-yard line going into the end zone. We going down, get to fourth down. They throw a little Hail Mary in the end zone. Pass interference, like, to an uncatchable ball, man. Wow. I mean, like, if you wow. 17 seconds left on the clock, <laughs> they still got a chance to tie the ball game up. Listen, right. North Carolina Central, we are becoming like the cardiac cats. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, we just want to give me a heart attack before we get the homecoming. <laughs> we do, you know, so just to say the least, man, I was, I was all over the place with this game yesterday, literally down to the last second. Thank God, man. Thank the football guys, man, that we found a way to get this W because how abysmal would this have been had we gone into homecoming with the loss to Delaware State at their homecoming? So. <laughs> oh, Charles would have put, been putting you on the ledge. You'd have put you on the ledge. I know. I would I would have needed, right? needed a hug this morning. <laughs> a Sunday hug. <laughs> a Sunday hug. Go ahead, A.D. Drew. You want to stick in there with something? I know you don't like being in the same sentence with uh, – Howard, Josh, but I do have to point this out. The only two FCS HBCUs to get a victory on the road yesterday was Central and Howard. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Mm. You'll take wow. that one. 
Why, Drew? Why you got to do me like that? Because <laughs> y'all let Howard get in first place in the BA. That's why I got to go with you like that. <laughs> it was our, and it's our, and it's 100% our fault. All right, all right. Don't you say that. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> I ain't saying a word. Charles, let's go to you. Last one here on the major divisions. We have the big game of the week. Mm. Uh, top five matchup. Actually, top three. Number one, Jackson State Tigers. And proved to 8 and 5 and 0. And they defeat number three, Southern Jaguars. They fall to 5 and 3, mm. 3 and 2. 35 to 0 is a shutout. Mm. I'm not sure if it was close. The way um, Jackson State dominated that game in so many different ways. Unfortunately, this is the one that did not live up to what you could anticipate in terms of robbery, but it sure makes all those Jackson State people proud out there. And then I heard that the Boombox Classic was a classic, but Sonic Boom got that done as well mm. in terms of the night before. That, that's what I wanted to know. Zero quarter. What was half zero time, quarter, halftime, and fifth quarter? Fifth like. quarter. I heard that it was all Sonic yeah. Boom. It was tight on yeah. Southern yesterday. And so it'll be interesting what the poll rankings, marching sport looks like on Thursday. We will see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll drop the poll rankings for mid-major and major on Tuesday. And so we'll let you see that as well. Mm-hmm. But, Charles, in terms of the game, give us an update on what you thought took place uh, this past Saturday in Jackson. Uh, let me start with this, Dr. Bill. Uh, hats off to uh, both fan bases for putting on a show. Uh, hats off to the city of Jackson for putting on a show for ESPN game day. Uh, I got so many texts literally when that game day show came on where people were tearing up just to, to show the, the HBCU culture in, in full color. And it was beautiful to see. It was beautiful to be a part of. Uh, I, I had, uh, you know, when I, when I talk about all the elements are present in this boombox class in this Jackson State Southern uh, game. When you talk about both fan bases being arrogant, the bands, the football play, uh, it it really does touch all those elements. So that part, I wanted to get out there first. Uh, In regards to the game, you know, first quarter, nothing. Things were still in the balance, but I think there were a couple plays that really deflated Southern, and it really, you know, was a tale of – of who's the better team from there on. But uh, Jackson State was able to block that early field goal. Uh, when Southern uh, Jack, uh, Southern did a great job. I think uh, they, they stopped Jackson State on fourth down. They were, you know, inside the 30 when they were not able to convert it into points. Uh, they got another fourth down stop. Big run. Get down to Jackson State territory again and miss another field goal. And I think that set the tone for the day uh, in terms of being deflated. And then their defense took over. Uh, I say it every week, and Dennis uh, Thurman, I trust. Uh, the Southern offense was only 3 of 18 on third down yesterday. Uh, mm. Another week, this is eight weeks in a row that Jackson State's defense has limited their offense to under 250 total yards. Mm. Uh, and I, I say it week in, week out. You know, they stop the run, and they get to pin their ears back to come after you. And that is, you know, sort of the formula that you see week in, week out in terms of a quarterback being harassed and harassed and harassed. And eventually, Jackson State's offense kicks it in the gear. Uh, Shador Sanders, uh, he is a, known as the most fleet of foot quarterback, uh, but <laughs> he was able to catch Southern uh, uh, with their backs to him yesterday. And he was able to scamper in for a touchdown. Yeah, he was fleet of foot yesterday, exactly. 
So it looked like Bambi yesterday. Yeah, man. So, uh, and that started what I always say is kind of the avalanche because it sort of becomes a feeding frenzy. Once, you know, one good play happens, then another good play happens, then another good play happens. And that is the story of Jackson State football the past two years. Uh, this one went according to script. And, uh, you know, it was a very lopsided game. Uh, we had the weather delays and whatnot, but uh, that game was done before the, the lightning came in the area. Mm. No problem. Yeah, you see he got that battle red. Tiger Woods yeah. shirt on. Got Sunday Power Red. Sunday Power Red. <laughs> yeah, but you're the wrong Tiger, though. 85 yards in the interception. Rushing-wise, LeBron was held to 66 yards on 17 carries. And Allen, the big-time receiver, was yeah. well, held to just 63 yards. Not, did not get in the end zone, obviously. And only six receptions. But I know some people may uh, teeter back on this. But they did have the Heisman pitcher in there, Shadur. Yep. And I thought the play, if it allows him to get in that top five and mention, was the rushing touchdown, lead of feet, especially when you see him dive into the end zone at the end uh, to make that play on that 40-yard uh, touchdown run. I, the Heisman I moment. Yeah. yeah. You always have a Heisman signature moment at some point in the yeah. season. So. Exactly. With that, let's get into our last break here. We'll come back on the other side and talk about some of the big matches that you can start talking about and getting ready the rest of the week. We'll know that you'll talk about some of these all week long. That means make sure you tune in to BJ Jones uh, Twitter spaces on Tuesday. And then Joshua Sims Sr., his uh, Twitter spaces as HBC Nightly is back on Wednesday this week in its normal spot. Uh, make sure you go check out those shows as they continue to give you some great insight in terms of the HBCU spaces. We'll continue to tease out a little bit. BJ Jones. Joshua Sims seniors are working on a special project in the backdrop, and we'll see what that looks like is uh, they are in the lab, as we like to call it here, looking at how to mix up some other ways to get you your HBCU news. With that, let's get into our last break, and we'll come back on the other side and talk about some of those key matchups coming up this week, week number uh, nine. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. 
To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplified Development Services. It's like a loop machine. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love and move about. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. DeVille's Inside HBC Sports Lab. Before we get into it, as uh, not sure what direction y'all want to go in terms of games you're going to look at, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Grambling. They got the G's back on the helmet a couple of weeks ago, played a really tough Florida a and gave them everything that they would want in terms of the Rattlers, and they will even admit to you this week, but they get that rival. Thank you, Grambling. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Grambling. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody always knows that has a history of this matchup that uh, Alcorn always plays Grambling tough, especially when they go into Grambling, one of the few teams that are able to get victories when they go into uh, Grambling in terms of getting it done. And they did it again, and this time it was in golden fashion as Grambling defeats uh, Alcorn 35-6. to So Grambling does it again. And that's three straight losses for the Braves. You already heard about McNair counseling his Monday show. I guess he did it at the right time because he don't have to worry about talking about this as it will be interesting in terms of that as well. But that being said, let me go to you, A.D. Drew. What are some of the matches that you want to keep your eyes on this week? Well, uh, those who follow uh, Division II football, uh, HBCU football, know that Week 10 is traditionally rivalry weekend in Division II. Uh, the problem is, the games I had circled last week, I've got to <laughs> I've got to quickly get an eraser and sign new games based on the results of yesterday. <laughs> so the irony about that is uh, the new game on my list, it's not a rival. And that's Shawan at Elizabeth City State. Uh-huh. Shawan, Elizabeth City State, and point blank, Shawan wins. They represent the North in the CIAA championship game. No one in July had this as a game to watch, but now you have to circle it as uh, those in Richmond, Virginia, are hoping that Shawan loses so that Virginia Union can still be the representative in the CIAA North. Uh, other game, and this one has playoff implications, but although not as big as we originally thought it was, is the Albany State Fort Valley game, the Fountain City Classic. Albany State, they win. They have a good shot at making the playoffs. Fort Valley can sneak their way back in with a victory. Uh, Here's the thing, and and I'm going to leave on this note. Should Albany State win this game? Does do they go out and schedule Virginia Union? Because both of them may need another game to impress the committee. So that's what I want everybody to keep an eye on right now. If Virginia Union wins and Shawan should win, they're going to have to find an eleventh game. Albany State and or 
Fort Valley, if they lose a game, may be a game that's good enough to impress the committee. So let's keep an eye on on that chatter. I'll try to keep an eye on that chatter uh, over the next week to 10 days. And the good thing, if they can get it done, get that matchup, we can surely make sure that uh, Black College Sports Network is there to uh, film it and make sure that people can see it. So it'll be interesting, as you said, looking at that. Last thing on that, I know one team has specifically said they will travel to wherever if they need that 11th game. So they're not worried about the budget or trying to get somebody to come to them. They are willing to go to somebody else. But I, I, I'm not at liberty to say which which of those teams that I've ta- uh, talked to. But I have had uh, talked behind the scenes to all right. those parties yeah. involved. Let me go to you, Charles, in terms of what what's on your calendar to keep your eyes on this week. As you start to get closing time of the season, statements are made. Statements are made, and uh, statements, huge statements can be made this weekend uh, in Houston, Texas, uh, with uh, Prairie View on a Friday uh, taking on Alcorn and Jackson State coming to Houston to take on Texas Southern Saturday night. Uh, all these HBCU fans here in Houston, uh, you get a smorgasbord of football yeah. uh, going out to preview on Friday, and then uh, in Houston on Saturday. That's going to be huge for the city of Houston with regards to the teams coming in town, and it could decide a whole lot. Uh, I think you're going to have a lot of Southern Jaguar fans that are going to be huge Alcorn fans this weekend. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, you take a look at that, uh, a lot on the line in that uh, preview Alcorn game. Uh, still a lot on the line, FAMU and Southern. That's another one that I'm going to keep an eye on because the playoff implications, of course, uh, if Jackson State continues on their trajectory and FAMU continues on their trajectory, uh, that's a big game for Southern going to uh, Bragg Stadium. And then, of course, Josh, I got to lead into you on this one. Central and Howard, that becomes one that everybody's going to keep their eye on uh, with regards to the implications that it means for the Celebration Bowl. Yes, sir. Oh, Howard? That Howard? That Howard. Miakish. It's Miakish, y'all. It is truly Miakish. Before Mike jumps in there, let me say this. Uh, you mentioned that Friday-Saturday matchup in Texas. Well, you all make sure you get your tickets, get there early, because uh, with the Astros losing that first game, there's guaranteed the fifth game, which will mean that you'll have uh, this parking space that is shared by the Astros. PNG. So consider that for those that are coming here, particularly Jackson. So make sure you get yeah. there early. They always do. Texas yeah. Southern has to understand how to move around that. So that'll be something to keep in mind. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, Mike. Yo, let me go back to the Fort Valley uh, game. Uh, my folks are from Fort Valley. And most of my choices you're going to see are, have less to do with the playoff implications than the game itself. That's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Fort Valley versus Albany, that you know, that is a rivalry. My folks, uh, uh, my in-laws will probably go down there from middle Georgia. So I think a lot of folks will be looking at that game for a number of reasons. Uh, But that's always a rivalry. Anybody can come out of that one. Uh, Josh, Howard? (laughs) Howard. We're talking about Howard. Don't do it. I'm sorry. Don't Don't do do it. it. Please. Not, not, practice, not practice. Not practice. We talking about Howard. <laughs> oh, I mean, just think about it, man. I mean, fanfare. 
think about it, because if you know Jackson State's there, you know ESPN. There's a lot of prime coverage. Be now if our comes, we are gonna have half a BET staff. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, you might have the vice president there. So anyway, Look. and then and then coming into this weekend, for all the reasons CB said, not just because of the matchup, but just on the, the the bands that are coming. There's been a lot of smack talking about who has the best bands, whether it's Jack, Jackson State, been talking. Yeah, there's been a lot of smack talking, and then Southern. Of course, Southern's going to be rooting for Alcorn and Jackson State. Imagine that. But just think of the bands uh, fair and the HBCU fan fair that will happen in one weekend. So, great point, CB. Those are the games I'll keep my eye on. Joshua Sims, what's on your mind this week? Yeah, man, I, I'll start, you know, um, I'll start it on the um, mid-major level. Uh, <laughs> Drew talked about this. I never would have thought that I would have cared about a Chuan Elizabeth City State game. I mean, I just never thought I would have cared about it. And I'm gonna take a quick second to shout out one Southern State as well, getting their third victory in a row this this past Saturday as well, man. Coach Mass, Coach Mass has got them boys Watch out, rolling. Fayetteville State. Watch out, Fayetteville State for real, man. It's that's gonna be a really, really good game. Coach Mass has got them boys in a mode right now that yeah, looks like, like they could be on. Boy. It could be upset Saturday, but as I transition to the to the to the major level in the in the SWAC, man. This is another week of just premier college football, man. Uh, you got literally Texas being the center of the SWAC universe this weekend coming up, starting on Friday and then Saturday as well. And then Southern, though, man, everybody, we've all said Southern's got to be a big Alcorn fan. They've got to be a big Jackson State fan. They better be a fan of their own. They got FAMU this Saturday. Mm. They better be a fan of their own, and, and they better, better they better have themselves right. HBCU Gold, man, com- I commend HBCU Gold yesterday. What a great telecast yesterday for the FAMU um, uh, UAPB game. Man, it was, I mean, just a beautiful telecast, man. And so that's a big-time game. And then in the MEAC, I am deeming this Saturday, in the MEAC Championship Saturday, we will know after this Saturday – who has a chance and who doesn't? Yep. Howard mm. comes into 1801 Fayetteville Street. And I want to make sure I kind of get close to the camera this week. Uh-oh. Howard <laughs> comes into 1801 Fayetteville Street, Durham, North Carolina, 27713. This Saturday for the ultimate homecoming experience. Homecoming has already started. I saw all the videos last night. Some of my teammates are that live in the area, man. They went and participated in, in the bowl ceremony last night. And I had a chance to talk to some of our players, man, and they are pumped up and they fired up. But also on the other side of the MEAC, Delaware State, South Carolina State. Elimination game. Elimination yeah. game. You oh. lose, you yeah. lose, start getting ready for season. basketball season. Yeah. And which, which, neither, which neither one of them play pretty good. Exactly. Good. Neither one of them are good at basketball. So no. start getting ready for something else. Maybe <laughs> maybe get ready for soccer. I don't play baseball, tennis. Yeah. South Carolina State don't play baseball. Yeah. Oh, they got a strike, maybe. Yep, maybe track. Yep. So, <laughs> so I, I, I'm deeming this Saturday MEAC Championship Saturday. This is a big, big Saturday. Uh, and y'all right, man. The vice president might roll up in there, but she better get a ticket. it's gonna be packed in the eagles nest this weekend i can't wait man i'm so excited 
Another one, uh, great, great job by all of y'all. Uh, I think y'all pretty much locked it up. One game I'm going to quietly kind of sneak in there and look at is Southeast Missouri State, who leads uh, the OVC Tennessee State. And although they had a horrible road loss this week, no way you can cut it, uh, giving a previously uh, winless team their first win. They're still in the race, and they get a chance to make a statement against Southeast Missouri State. It's at home. Nashville, Tennessee, Nissan Stadium, 5 o'clock Central Time, ESPN Plus. So we'll get to see uh, rather uh, Tennessee Tigers. Are they going to be in the OVC race? Are they going to be after runs? We'll find out real quick this past weekend to see how that finished up. So that's one to keep on your mind. Also, in terms of MEAC, Big South, tight matchup. You have Norfolk State that has struggled this year, 1 and 7. North Carolina AT is 5 and 3. You would think uh, AT Aggies will get this done, but it is one of the games to keep your eyes on to see. Uh, what does that mean? Maybe if MEAC, Big South, can uh, Norfolk State find a way to make a statement or make it interesting. So that's another one that I think is uh, interesting to some degree. And I'm going to sneak back into the SWAC, which is one game that's kind of off the radar, obviously, this week. And it is Alabama A&M traveling to Mississippi Valley State. Is this the one that Valley can get with Bulldogs playing kind of erratic? Uh, obviously, they can play pretty good at times. Other times, not so much. Is this the win that Delta Devils can get uh, on the season? We thought it was against Bethune-Cookman, and that one ended up being a close one. They couldn't get done. This was maybe another one. Uh, can they find it uh, to go in their way? And so other than that, I think those are the kind of matchups that uh, are interesting that we'll talk about this week. Give you updates with the poll rankings, obviously, in terms of what that looks like uh, this week as well. So that'll do it for the show today. Hope you enjoyed us wrapping up your Sunday, giving you all the ins and outs of what took place in your HBCU Saturday. This week, we get a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday matchup in the SWAC. And obviously, all your MEAC, OVC, Big South, even the Colonial as Hampton continues to slide down as they started well. They're hitting those Colonial yep. uh, Association uh, athletic programs that are just uh, putting it to them to the test and they're not answering the bell at this time so we'll keep our eyes on that and see if they can stay in the top 10 but they're uh, falling precipitously and so we'll see what that means as we continue to do that with that thank you for listening inside the hbc sports lab make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues i am dr kenyatta cabill the dean of hbc sports coming from inside the lab in the college of hbc sports with mike washington charles bishop as well as joshua sims ad drew giving you your sunday morning wake up uh, telling you what's going on. We took you to church earlier uh, in terms of game day. We're closing in terms of Comedy Central. Charles, <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out, shout out to my guy DJ Unpredictable uh, yesterday at Mississippi Bedford Memorial Stadium. He had that place rocking. I mean, uh, it was crazy uh, in terms of what Jack Stay scored and. Uh, they played the uh, Who Is Swag song. I mean, the place went berserk. So shout out to my guy DJ Unpredictable. I want to shout out to both Jackson State and Southern in regards to representing for uh, game day, college game day. They were both in there. Some great signs uh, of both parties. And a lot of other HBCU fans that couldn't get to their games and stayed around there coming out. Um, Coach Prime, credit to him for giving much love to all those different folks in the city. Uh, obviously, in terms of uh, um, the fans coming in in Southern and his uh, fans in Jackson and the city as well. Go ahead, Drew, with your final shout-out. Uh, wanted to give a shout-out to Coach Benji Taylor, the head men's basketball coach at Tuskegee University. Tuskegee was at Jackson State on Friday night 
for an oh, yeah, exhibition basketball game. And he allowed them to stay for homecoming on Saturday at Jackson State. You know, a lot of times these coaches come in, they play the game, and then they go, they go back home that night. But he allowed those kids to stay for a homecoming at Jackson State. Wow. But, but here's the thing when you think about it. Unless you are a senior at Tuskegee University or a lot of these universities, you have not had a homecoming due to COVID over the last few years. So he allowed them to get a different atmosphere because most of those kids who are playing for them have not had a homecoming on their own campus. Wow. There are a lot of kids like that this year. So shout out to Benji Taylor. No, good shout out. Good shout out. Josh, you want to last shout out? Man, yeah, man, just a, just a quick shout out to um, – <laughs> to Eagle Nation, man, 1801 Fayetteville Street. We on display this week, man. It's, it's it's homecoming, baby. I feel so good. I don't know if I can see it in my shoulders. I just, it feels so good to get back home. I, I be, in your smile. I be, you know what I'm saying? I'll be, I be standing on the side. You, you, you got a little lightweight shimmy going on in the show, yeah, man. Little, <laughs> little, little bit, little bit. Just, just a little bit. I ain't gonna throw the, I ain't gonna throw the diamond in the sky, nothing like that. Yeah, I ain't gonna do it like that, but Nonetheless, though, you know, uh, Thursday, I, I do want to give a shout out to our School of Business. Thursday, I'll be speaking at our School of Business alumni oh, panel, wow. um, which is a, a great honor, man. Um, this will be the first time I get a chance to. And then this year makes uh, the 55th uh, year that my grandparents have had a chance to participate in homecoming, man. Um, they, they are graduates right. in, in, in the 60s. So um, this is important. And, and shout out to my mom and dad. This will be their 30th year being able to, uh, 35th year participating in homecoming. So um, my mother and father, my, my late father as well. So this is really, really big, man, for my family this year. Um, this is my 10th year, you know what I mean, back from homecoming since I graduated. So all types of just kind of milestones in our family. Uh, but it's homecoming and it won't mean nothing. If we don't get that W on Saturday, so that's my last. Yeah, we, we we can relate to that yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Uh, like matter of fact, how's y'all next, uh, fellas? So watching that shootout, you know, y'all were going back and forth watching the game like a tennis <laughs> 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 It was much better. A hundred points <laughs> with previews win. Exactly. Yeah. It feel better <laughs> with a win. One one shout out, one, one shout out uh, final shout out to General Antoinette Butler. Uh, you know, first female. Uh, African American um, general from Prairie View A&M, a lot of first female black general uh, to command a major division in United States engineering uh, discipline. So shout out to her. She was my cadet mate. So just one final shout out to her. That's big. Shout out to PB Nation for how they represented her and how we were able to have the pinning service here on the yard at Prairie View A&M University. So that was that was real big, emotional. Uh, you mentioned uh, there were so many kids here who have not seen a homecoming. So they were walking around, you know, and we talked to them and say, you know, hey, you know, it was like, this is my first homecoming. That, yeah. And, and that, you were like, wow, taking them back because we take it for granted. So shout out to Prairie View. There were a lot of concerns that how we would organize it, how we would set up with the pinning ceremony and everything. Shout out to PB Nation and all of the alumni organizations as well here on the yard. So. Final shout out is 1876 Sports and Coaches. Uh, they did a live show yesterday in regards to uh, a tailgate, their own game day, if you would. First, uh, that they've done it. Shout out to them. Obviously, you've seen the commercial with the Brevian AM Athletic Foundation that kicks off, that is specifically uh, generating serious revenue yeah. for major athletic projects, specifically for athletics. Joining uh, one of the few uh, that you see around the country about foundations that are specific to athletics. 
I think that's the next step. So I wanted to shout that out for all those involved in that, including the president in when trading, uh, in terms of what he's got done. Uh, both uh, Antoinette and Ed were able to uh, do interviews yesterday on the on show, the show. Uh, including that uh, interim athletic director. So great job. In terms and our of executive director who went crazy on us while we were on stage. He was all, no, cut it, cut it, cut it. Man, shut up. We doing a show. Camera <laughs> <laughs> man, get back. Move the chair. Hey, I'm going to fire him. He fired about three people after the show. <laughs> <laughs> man, we allowed I'm fired. Again, thank you. Hope you enjoyed our Sunday show. Tuesday and Thursday, 6 o'clock Central Time. We'll be back giving you poll rankings and as well as your poll rankings for the marching sport. We'll even <laughs> allow Raymond to get in there and give his updates as he's been going crazy over the poll. Follow me, Dr. Yadigaville, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, inside HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Drew? Yes, miss. Yes, miss. <laughs> Mahalo. Uh, hey, Charles, you